Hi, welcome to the American Gothic After Show. This is season one, episode five, The Artist and His Museum. Tell us if you think that Garrett is going to be the killer because I am not convinced after this episode. Don't go away. We'll be discussing it now. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, <laughs> After Buzz TV. And now, let the, the buzz, buzz begin. begin. I'm sorry if I seem uninterested or I'm not listening or I'm in. I just like the beat of this song for this show because it's like, you know what? Just got that nice tone for it, you know what I mean? You like picking the music, and I feel like you're over there sort of rocking out to this music. Well, before I was Double G on TV, I was DJ Double G, so... So that gives us some indication. You can find those videos on YouTube somewhere. Well, thank you everyone for joining us on AfterBuzz TV's American Gothic After Show. I am Zoe Hewitt, and to my left, this is Gabriel. Hey guys, like I just said, you can find me on Twitter, at Double G on TV. And real quick, we have a very special fan watching i want to say happy birthday to nelly my mother you know i hope you're enjoying your day mom happy birthday to gabriel's mom and i am zoe hewitt you can find me on twitter and instagram at zoe said what that zoe said what now as we get into this episode this episode of course is the artist in his museum and as we know every single title of every single episode refers to a famous american painting this one is no different so we will let you know where that painting shot is but just some background on the painting is that Um, It's an 1822 self-portrait by Charles Wilson Peale. It's currently part of the collection of the Pennsylvania Academy of Fine Arts, and he painted seven self-portraits. So um, we will let you know where that shot is. I will also say that I was very sorry not to be here last week. I was out of town. I'm glad to be back. I watched last week's episode, and I wasn't convinced with any of the clues that I thought they were throwing out there. So I knew to wait for this week and see what was going to happen with Garrett and the belt. So... I was worried that we were going to find out Zoe Hewitt, next newest Silver Bells victim, and dun-dun-dun. <gasps> that would need a different song. <laughs> now, let's get started in the episode. This episode had a strong theme throughout about people don't change, and that was something we saw constantly, so we'll address that as we go through as well. So, of course, the episode started out, we had a dog sitter coming in who interrupted uh, Garrett and the doctor, and um, <laughs> she actually recognized him and said, don't you have that red pickup truck? So I think that we will see her again, maybe in a later episode is my prediction that um, she will come back. And then Garrett says, oh no, I've got to go. And he zips on out of there. Gabriel, did you think that he was contemplating hurting her? Yes. And you know, I think they set it up perfectly because why would he walk away? Oh, because now that lady saw her, let's say he kills Christina. Who's Who are they going to look for? The dog sitter. Dog sitter. Who did you last see her with? Garrett Hawthorne drives the red pickup. Bam, right there. Detective Work 101. Come on, Nancy Drew. You're already rusty after one week off. (laughs) No, but Nancy Drew does have a confession to make. I'm really glad you called her Christina right now because the entire episode, all I could think of was her real name, which is Catalina. And I was going, Catalina, Catalina. But who is she on the show? So I'm really glad because I don't know if you noticed in that part of the recap, I did not actually say her name. You did not. So so thank you for that. So Catalina slash Christina actually got away. There's a reason why. Why cops have partners, and that's why they have me and Zoe. Exactly. Balance each other out. 
And so I was not convinced that Garrett was really going to kill her. I think, sure, he took off the belt. We got some dramatic music. I think the show's producers were trying to get us to believe it. But I think I'm still firmly in the I trust Garrett camp. I don't know why I trust this man so much, but I do. So I don't, I'm not on board with him as the killer, <laughs> even from this opening. But from there, we uh, went into Cam was at his apartment. We saw that creepy doll that his son Jack made sitting on the chair. And then um, Brady storms in and Cam starts to talk about, oh, I was beating up a drug dealer. And Brady says, what are you talking about? We need to discuss the belt and winds up taking him back to the family house where Tess and Brady chat again about DNA samples because Brady got a... um, I guess a heroin uh, needle. Yeah, he got <laughs> Sorry, cancer. I can't talk tonight. Yes, <laughs> as I'm gesturing for anyone who's actually not watching and has no idea what I'm doing, but a heroin needle. You, you can, if you're listening on the podcast, you, you can't see her, but she's doing that thing like when they draw your blood, she's putting her fist to her elbow. I like there that because go. I thought you were just going to do the same gesture and oh, not actually no. explain it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what happened. He has the needle. Brady says, please, Tessa, let me test the DNA. Tessa says, no go, honey pie. And uh, so Tessa and Cam have a moment together as well. Um, Cam says, you know, hey, I've been clean, sober, off drugs for a year. This is basically going to suck as I go through withdrawal. And Tessa says, like, hey, I'm here for you. I so, like that. You know, I, I love just, uh, I thought it was so charming and I really mm-hmm. love their relationship. I, I always say I love Tessa's character. I think she's just the perfect foil to all of these serious characters. And I think that was a great indication mm-hmm. why. And it felt so organic. And I think this show needs that because they have so many awkward moments. That's how they are <laughs> with each other. Not just their specialty in awkward hugs, but just as people. So I really like that foil and just it's just so organic, like I said, and I think that really helps flesh out this show. I agree with you completely, and that was the same exact feeling I had, that when the two of them were on the bed together, it was such a nice moment, and I thought that this episode in general had a lot of lighter moments. There were a few more chuckles in it, and it's it, it felt more real, I guess, in that sense, and so I agree. I really liked that moment with them on the bed. I liked when Cam mentioned that last time he had thrown up on her shoes, and she said, "Hey, I'm barefoot. Don't that worry. I've, I, like I've got that you covered." Very cute. So yeah, I thought that was a really nice moment in their relationship. Now, after that, we get to a bit of another mystery that oh, was a cliffhanger. And um, so we see Madeline going to an ATM. She puts cash in an envelope with the quote-unquote threatening note that she received. But that's all we get at the moment because from there, we're back in the police station and Brady walks in on basically everyone having a meeting and um, Detective Cutter spies Brady. Of course, she still does not like him. And um, even their boss at this point is saying, well, I should probably take you off of the case. You know, you're, you are in the middle of a conflict of interest. But he says, hey, I think that I can get something out of you. So, hey, I'll give you a chance to show you're on our side. Go back through all of the case files and now find ways to actually tie the Silver Bells killer to the Hawthorne family. So Brady is really between a rock and a hard place a little bit. But what stood out to me the most was how illegal this was because Brady does know where Cam is. At this point, I hadn't mentioned in the recap, but the police are looking for Cam because he's back on board as a suspect now. Mm -hmm. And Brady doesn't have any right to not say anything. This makes him an accessory now. Well, like like they said, they don't technically have the evidence, and I guess it, it that's exactly why. When it's family, suddenly the the law is uh, depending on where you're at. It's a little more. It's a little harder to 
to do. So I understood why Brady was doing it, but I agree, you know, what does this do for Brady's career? If they find out, it's like, what do you mean, you know, you had the needle for, what is it, about half a day or a day before mm-hmm. giving it to us? So it is, but I think that just goes to put more tension and more stakes on his relationship with Tess. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we're setting up for, at the end of this, will they or won't they survive? Will Tess be okay when they find out Brady was somehow the killer? Will Brady be okay when he finds out Tess is the killer? We don't know. We don't know. So. And at this point, even in the in the show, Brady has not turned in the needle. He's still hiding it. He's still hiding the fact that he knows where Cam is. He is completely hush-hush with all of this. And mm-hmm. I think it is an interesting predicament that he's in that on one hand his boss is saying, well, go back through and find things to tie the killer to your family and on the other hand he has exactly what the police are looking for and that's cam yep well i agree (laughs) and from there we moved into the next bit of a relationship that i know has been fascinating and developing through the series we've got allison and naomi who wind up talking (laughs) and of course in the last episode they were kissing and we saw a face watching them well it turns out that the face is their intern kimmy and she comes in and she wants incentive not to talk about their relationship so she says she wants a promotion she wants more money and hey what are you going to do and at that point, that's sort of where that scene stops. So we'll move on from there before we return to it. Mm-hmm. Because then we go to Cam, who's basically in the bathroom in the midst of a withdrawal. And he's seeing things. And he sees a bunch of bells from the Silver Bells killer falling out of the medicine cabinet. He sees his dad. And his dad keeps saying to him, and this is continuous throughout the episode whenever he's going through these hallucinations, his dad keeps saying to him, you know what you saw. I want to show you the body. And, um, you know, Tessa is there, and Tessa is trying to greet the detective who shows, Detective Cutter shows up at the door trying to look for Cam. Cam's busy having hallucinations. Garrett's holding him, so there's a lot going on behind the door. And what's interesting is Tessa lies and says, hey, look at that owl over there, Detective Cutter. It has a camera. Don't come onto my property. So there we have our first bird of the episode, our first bird of prey. Yes. We've got this big lie about the security cameras. And in the meantime, we've got um, Cam, who's busy going through a lot of hallucinations. Garrett is the one holding him down. So Mm -hmm. very interesting. We have Rockstar11671. Did y'all notice Cam's bird tattoos? Yes, we did. You know, that's one of the biggest things now that we're on the subject of the birds. Mm And, well, you know, it's something that's there to remind us every week. Mm -hmm. That's true. We talked about the tattoos in one of the early episodes. It was when he was having sex with Sophie and we saw um, the tattoos all over. And we haven't really seen them as much since. But you're right. Like, we did see them. Has it just been wearing longer sleeves and we just haven't thought of that lately? I think only seen parts of them. They haven't exposed the tattoos quite as much. But what also stood out to me in this episode is that the siblings had to work together a lot more. They had to pull together, not just for Cam's sake, but because their mom disappeared. And so they had to get it together and figure out how to take care of Cam, how to take care of campaign headquarters that are, you know, where the police are showing up and, hey, what is going on? You know what? One of the things that I really like about that, because they kind of threw us uh, through something from left field, as I like mm-hmm. to say, um, where I guess it's a you saying I don't like to say it. I'm, I'm not going to act like I just came up with that originally. <laughs> That's but, your very own yes, phrase. <laughs> yeah, I came up with that. You never heard it before. Anyway, but my point was compared to other episodes this season where mm-hmm. we're kind of pushing an obvious suspect or we're mm-hmm. pushing a real reason to say that's the killer. It's got to be. This episode, honestly, I didn't want it to be anybody. 
the way Garrett, in his weird and very mm-hmm. malicious way, mm-hmm. looking out for Cam. Cam, the way he bonds with Tess, you don't mm-hmm. want to see that relationship. Yeah. And then on her side as well. And one who really surprised me, Allison. Mm-hmm. I was so shocked to see how warm she was with Cam. And that, it felt so natural. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think I'd say that for someone that we just haven't seen that way really mm-hmm. all season. And what I liked about this episode was I feel a different way about all the characters after this. I don't and, know about you. And I think it is because they all came together. So we saw the relationships really getting better this episode. And so it was harder to say, okay, that is the you know the bad guy. Yes. <laughs> and so... Even with the dead body going down the stairs, which I very much believe actually happened. I do too. It's still, it's like, okay, well then I want it to be Mitch. I want it to be someone who's already gone off my radar, who I don't care about. I don't want it to be someone who I care about. And right, these three siblings now, I care about a lot more. Four siblings. Yes. <laughs> I just so got, I apparently only care about three out of four. Yeah. Who's the one that you don't care about? Apparently it's the one that it's rotates. The, it's the, yeah, <laughs> it's the killer. The one I don't care about. <laughs> so they do eventually find out where their mom is. Um, a bit of a lie, but she says she's at a spa, but it turns out she's in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And at this point, we still don't know why she's missing, why she has the money from the ATM. Cam continues to detox. And at that point, Allison comes in and says, hey, I've got to go. The police are at campaign headquarters and um then uh let's see i'm sorry she says that she was also too tough on him before At this point tessa is the one who has to leave she has to go check on jack and allison and garrett i misspoke earlier when i said allison was leaving allison and okay. garrett need to take care of cam together so and then it was sort of this can you guys handle it type moment so Clearly, although Tessa and Garrett have had this nice relationship, and even Tessa and Cam, mm-hmm. Allison is the oddball out with her family just as much as Garrett is, I think. I agree. I agree. And what I find interesting is when you look at Tess and Allison as the sisters, it's hard to imagine them having grown up and I guess having, I don't know if you have a sister, but those stereotypical things sisters do, like I can't see... Allison and Tess ever being the kind of sisters who like did each other's hair, things mm-hmm. like that, at least the way when you see them as adults. And I think that has creates a great juxtaposition with their relationship with Allison and Garrett because they're both very alpha personalities. Mm-hmm. So who really does step down when they have this kind of situation? And I thought that we still didn't really see that. They both kind of just had to stay right there under the surface, but one really wanted to outdo the other, I felt like. That's interesting. I'm not sure I agree, because the way I see it is I think Tessa sort of seems like everyone's pet. And so I could picture Allison and Tessa being special friends, because I can picture Tessa being friends with Garrett, the same way she's friends with Cam, that Hmm. she is the one who seems to tie the whole family together, and maybe that's her age. I know, especially in the comments, and you guys have been so wonderful about leaving us messages in the YouTube comments and tweeting us so we can continue the discussion, but one of the really big ongoing discussions from episode to episode is, is Tessa the killer? And then a lot of people are saying, hey, she would have been so young, there's no way she was the killer, and At the same time, then, I think everyone sort of oscillates back and goes, okay, but maybe she is. So it is an interesting discussion, but Tessa, by the same token, does seem to be the one who holds them together. I mean, uh, when I think about it, do they all seem like they'd be willing to (laughs) kill for Tess? Yeah. But but is the killer killing for her? I think the killer is just killing. I don't think it's for her or against her. I I feel like the killing is happening in a separate vacuum. 
I agree with yes. that. But here's the thing. Right now, we don't have a really concrete reason why these characters would be in said vacuum. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I'm looking for is who has something that would make them seem more mysterious to me? Who has a secret that they're willing to do all this to hide? Or who would develop something like this? And Tess keeps coming up to mind because when you think about it, how much has she... Uh, okay, she's nice, she's kind-hearted. Mm -hmm. But is there something underlying that she's always had to be the one to be a little subservient to Big Brother Garrett and Cam and mm -hmm. Allison? And could that have <laughs> developed something possibly that leads to, you know, silver bells for some kind of way to assert her power in a way mm -hmm. that she hasn't before? If I'm trying to come up with a theory, you know, let's flesh it out. And that's the one I'm coming up with for Tess. So right now you're back to the Tessa theory. And you know what's interesting, too, is that other than Christina's dad, who we really don't even know anything about, we just barely are learning about her, mm -hmm. we don't know anything about the victims. So it's interesting that the show isn't giving us a reason to tie the victims together. And in that sense, it's very different from any sort of procedural or any sort of other mystery that's looking for another connection. So this connection clearly comes just from within. Because we don't know who the victims are. It's true. And I guess uh, we only can take hearsay from Cutter and the rest of the police that, okay, they were rich and... Right. It's all by that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's... Uh, but then also, I guess, Christine... Well, I guess Christina paid for medical school, but also... I guess I'm expecting to have some other player come in that's very from that affluent background like the Hawthorns, mm -hmm. but we haven't really seen them. They kind of operate on their yeah. own little planet that... Just get, or I guess their own little moon that orbits the planet that is Boston. Right. We don't get other characters to even give us a sense of grounding them within yes. the larger world that they live in. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. And we did not see Phyllis the Cat Lady this week either, yeah. I but mean, I am confident she'll be Instead, we got the back. dog sitter instead yes. of the cat lady. How ironic. I, I will predict now that Phyllis will be back. I mean, she's survived five episodes. <laughs> She was supposed to be gone by two. In my she's opinion. coming so back. She's playing with house money. <laughs> <laughs> well, right after that, we finally get the answer to at least part of the next mystery, and that's what Madeline is doing in the diner. Yes. And um, we get this really interesting scene where a father and his son are in the diner. They pay. They think that they're supposed to get more change back from a waitress who says, oh, no, I've got your $10 right here. Mm -hmm. And, of course, I, I'm guessing every viewer was just like me and thinking, oh, those people were scam artists and look at that nice older waitress. And then, bum, bum, bum. No, it turns out that she is actually the scam artist and she's the one who has taken the 20 from them and given them the wrong change. And then it turns out that this is actually Madeline's mom who insists that they need to get together, but not till 1 p.m. when she's off of mm. her shift. So did you see that coming, that that was her mom? No, I did not. So I was Me trying to either. think, you know, she's got to be there to meet uh, someone from mm -hmm. their Hawthorne past. But, and no, and I thought, okay, that was a breath of fresh air because... This is the first time we really see someone that kind of explains what is going on with the Hawthorns. Why are they this way? Madeline is such a complex character and obviously her kids take after her and Mitch and all their complexities. So mm -hmm. I thought it was interesting. What is the source? And you see this very interesting woman. Um, I love that line. It's like, you didn't have to scam people. And then she's like, it keeps me sharp and it's more fun than Sudoku. Right, right. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but now, like, I, I'm sorry, but if you're waiting on a, 
on me at a table, you're only getting paid in like ones. That <laughs> you we're don't gonna trust count, anyone That now. we're going to count. <laughs> <laughs> and what's interesting too is that it, this storyline, of course, also mm-hmm. goes back to the whole question of people don't change and the big theme in the episode because we have her mom who has not changed and we get more of that later. And mm-hmm. we have Kim who is back on drugs again. He has not changed. So... It's that constant, can people change, which I think is also meant to give us that question about the killer, because can whoever the killer is have changed? Is it possible that that person has repented in some way? No, I agree. And you know what? I think it's very interesting that we see the people who didn't change as well as those who did. Allison, you kind of expected Allison to take on the Madeline role this episode as far as, you know, Cam, how could you do this? How could you not be that way? Uh, Or how could you, you know, go back to this? And instead, we kind of saw that completely different side of Allison. So uh, we get back to that point. Where is Allison going to fall toward the end of the series when we do get closer to the conclusion and the end of the mystery? And it's... And, and sorry, and it's funny you bring that up too with regard to Allison and Cam because what also stood out to me in particular this episode was that they all seemed very gentle with him, yes. almost too gentle in my opinion. That here he's on drugs, he's got a son at home, and he's busy like detoxing again, and they're all like, "Oh, don't worry, I was too hard on you, so sorry." So I thought they were very gentle with him. I, I agree too, and also um, Garrett. I mean, in his own way, I, I guess he was so true to character that, you know, how what would Garrett really do? I felt like Garrett, you'd expect him to throw Cam in a closet and lock the door and be like, that's it. But even in his own way, you could see that, uh, okay, you should not, uh, I'm sorry, but you, I don't care what I'm going through, you do not tie me to a post. <laughs> no. But when it comes to Garrett, you can honestly see, I get that he honestly thought he was helping Cam and doing what was right. He did think so. And on our way to that point, we do get also another scene with Garrett being especially gentle. And Garrett and Allison are in the kitchen together. Allison's cutting up some bananas for Cam. And this also goes back to the question of do people change? And Garrett says, hey, Cam hates bananas. And she says, hey, his teenage self hated bananas, but how do you know he like you know, he doesn't like them now? And potassium's good for withdrawal symptoms. And then we have Garrett who basically takes the cutting board, he wipes all the bananas off and starts cutting an avocado and says, This is higher in potassium. So I thought it was interesting. He was very gentle with Cam, looking out for him in that regard. I also thought it goes back to that, do people change? And then also, am I the only one who thought this? I was wondering if there was something else in that needle that wasn't heroin, if there's something bad, because everyone seems to also keep commenting that the only reason Cam is having such bad hallucinations, worse than normal, must be that he had taken a lot of drugs. And I didn't get the impression, maybe it was just from the needle. I felt like Brady had grabbed it early. So I hadn't gotten the impression that he had done, I guess, a lot of drugs. You know, I I agree with that. It didn't seem like it. What I take it to assume is what happened off screen is if you remember, he had that big argument with Mm -hmm. Sophie that we're still waiting to see how it gets resolved. So in that space between last week's episode and this week, I would assume that, hey, Cam went to what he goes to when he's facing a lot of stress Mm -hmm. and that's drugs. So maybe 
the injection that Brady prevented was just the last in what was already a lot of stuff that we just didn't get around to seeing. Which makes sense, but I this whole episode I kept waiting to find out like that the big surprise was going to be that someone tried to kill him with a different drug or something. And just because they kept making so many comments about how it was almost abnormal how intense the hallucinations were. So, well, okay, then, I'm the only one that had thought that. Maybe, That's okay. Maybe creative license. <laughs> Creative yeah. license. I'll take that, too. So um, after that, in the next scene, this is where we get the shot of the painting title as well. So mm-hmm. uh, coming up, so we have the police who show up at campaign headquarters. Allison insists that she does not know where Cam is, which, FYI, is also illegal for her to say, but because she does. But then we know that Kimmy, the intern, is still there. And mm-hmm. Naomi says, don't worry about it. I've got it taken care of. Just focus on the debate. And from there, then we cut back to Cam, who's going through the hallucinations. And um, we see Jack, who's singing this like creepy, strange nursery rhyme. We see a hanging body that has a frog head, and it's the same frog head character that he has. You can also actually spot that frog head um, drawing on an easel in Cam's bedroom. You can see it a couple times in this episode. Mm-hmm. And then we actually get to the painting title. And if you look up an image of the painting, it's a man holding up a red curtain and looking beyond. And so we do get that. And so there's the say, title. I called it like before. <laughs> They even show the full curtain. I saw it in Cam's room, and Zoe was like, "No, that's not going to be it." And not yes, it's going to be his dad, and it's going to be in his room. You did holding up the curtain. You absolutely get credit. That is R- true. Remember that Zoe is the sharp-eyed one. If we had the magnifying glass, she'd be the one who pretty much lives with it to spot those things. So anytime I have a moment, I just like to enjoy it because it doesn't happen often enough. Well, it was more of a prediction. I'll give you, and that was a good one. I, I you're right. I did not advise that that was going to be where the, the painting Did scene was. Did you guys was, record right. that? After Buzz, <laughs> just check. <laughs> <laughs> I say you're right. You know, and then there's this also, he remembers that someone is dragging a body. So I think at this point we're probably all in agreement. I'm guessing, let us know in the comments if you're not in agreement. But I think at this point we're in agreement that, hey, Cam really saw someone dragging a body. That's legit. That's true. That's real. No, I agree. I agree. I um. So obviously he's worried about his therapy sessions. He went to some dark mm-hmm. places, yeah. and I guess that's something we didn't, we haven't really discussed. Is does he have some repressed memories from therapy? Like, okay, so he adjusted his life back together. He mm-hmm. found his artwork and his comics and a complicated yeah. relationship with Sophie. But you know, what was he going through as a young kid? What started it? Well, I think that's, and I think that's what we're going to find out. I think that's part of all these hallucinations that probably seeing the body was at least a good part of that. That would make me go crazy. You know, like (laughs) I wouldn't be, I wouldn't feel the same after something like that. So I guess we want to find out. I can't wait. And we do get more clues towards the end of the episode, but just chronologically speaking, I think at this point, it's pretty clear, even without any other clues, that Mm -hmm. he really saw someone dragging a body. So after that, we go to Madeline. She is waiting for for her mom, who winds up showing up to a mobile home completely mm-hmm. drunk. She drives into a flower bed and uh, then cut to Tessa, who's saying goodbye to the kids at school when she notices Detective Cutter is sitting with Jack having a conversation and she goes over and basically says, hey, get out of here, lady, you're not allowed to talk to kids. And um, Jack is actually worried and this is probably the first time that we've seen him act the most real and the most normal, where he is genuinely worried about his dad, and I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop, but it didn't <laughs> seem to. It didn't. Um, 
love that you said that because we have a lot of comments, you know, from Chaos 13, yeah, Chaos 13, 212. I was really surprised by Jack, how he was worried about his dad. And, you know, we're expecting him, just like you said, to have a Jack moment, which mm-hmm. he did. It was just, you know, in Cam's hallucination. Right. But yeah, so definitely it was interesting yeah. because... Last week we didn't get Jack. This week we didn't get a, you know, demented mm-hmm. little golden nugget from Jack that just you can't wait to see every week, even though it's <laughs> going to creep you out. Mm-hmm. So um, it's very interesting. And I almost felt a little d- deprived because it's like, mm-hmm. you know, they just they give us so much. He is. He's such a great character. And I think that's actually one of the downsides to a show that shoots all of their episodes before the show starts airing. Because shows that go along and shoot... As the episodes are airing, they have the opportunity to also adjust. As so as they find that fans, for instance, really like a certain character, they can start writing that character in more. And I feel like here we love Jack because he's this fascinating, creepy, and probably the best actor on the show character <laughs> because I just can't believe like that he's really like this. So I'm going with best actor on the show. And yet... We Right, we didn't get him last week. Yeah. We barely got him this week. So I'm sincerely hoping we get more of him as the episodes continue. Oh, this was just an anomaly. We will, we will. And uh, the actor, Gabriel Bateman, it's always good to see another Gabriel be successful. I just <laughs> loved it. He, he chatted me out on Twitter and I was, it's like, it's always great to see a fellow Gabriel. And it's like, back at you. <laughs> but, so um, you guys had a bonding moment. Well, you know, we, the Gabriel's got to stick together. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's a little more successful than I am. I wish I was doing all that when I was his age, but um, you know, back on point. He's done such a great job. It's so delightful to see those moments, and I can't Mm. wait to have him back. And we are hoping that he'll be able to join us and that some of the other cast members from the show will be able to join us. We've reached out, so stick with us as we keep airing because um, hopefully we'll have some great guests on. Also, I'd like to take this opportunity to remind you, please leave us a message in the YouTube comments. Please rate us on iTunes. Give us five stars. Leave a message there. And hey, if you tweet us, we'll definitely tweet back because it's fun to continue the discussion about the show. No, definitely. The fans have been so great. You guys talk to us on YouTube and we love having, you know, I love hearing their theories because it also puts ours into perspective Mm -hmm. um before we get too far um one of the comments regarding madeline and we did just discuss her expecting her to come from a background like that were you expecting that hmm no i guess not but i feel like it makes sense now and i definitely buy it what about Mm -hmm. you i i agree i wasn't expecting that and i guess what would make someone so motivated to keep their status keep secrets like that and i guess yeah come from a something like that uh, you would and the comment says you know i actually felt kind of sad for her and I actually did too. Me Even too. Even though I just, I mean, we're only five episodes removed from watching her kill her husband. <laughs> there you go. I felt I, sad for her. Me too. And I think that the writing, the writers did that well and the actors did it so well. Yes. Because, yeah, that we didn't quite expect that. And I don't think it was even that she wanted to keep her social status. I felt like it's that she realized she had a very bad upbringing mm-hmm. and she wanted to keep it away from her kids. But um, we will also get there some more because there's a great scene with her and her mom. But um, so we've got Jack who is wounded. And then the second part of that scene was that um, Brady, uh, Tessa calls Brady on the phone and basically says, Mm -hmm. hey, you know what, honey, go through with the DNA test. And so Brady says, like, are you sure? Are you sure? And she says, yes, turn it in. So now we've got that percolating. I got to say, you always know that the stuff is going to go down on the show when Tess calls Brady. 
Last yes. week, like you know, she calls us like, "You gotta come make this baby." This week, Brady, you gotta get that evidence. <laughs> what did Tessa do before her cell phone? Exactly. Although That's, I guess she's even been on a landline. She might have been. Yeah. Tessa works the phones. <laughs> now, Cam is still in the middle of hallucinations, mm-hmm. and uh, Garrett realizes that um, he needs to do something. So this is when I think your favorite, not favorite scene came up, where he hogties him and leaves the house. But he goes to the clinic where uh, Christina, a.k.a. Catalina, because now that's just in my mind, uh, is working and says, please, will you help my brother? He's going through a really bad heroin withdrawal. Don't, you know, don't do it for me, but please help my brother. And I didn't mean to hurt you. And um, I also thought that that was an interesting line because it had that double meaning. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean to hurt you. Of course, he walked out. But then it does call into question, was he going to hurt her further and right. strangle her with the belt? Uh, but she does say, hey, I don't need protecting. But she does write a prescription for Cam. So did you expect that's where he was going? You know what? Uh, I did. When, you know, it's like you're tying him up to leave him. It's like, okay, to finish the job with Christina, obviously. <laughs> Real quick, you mm-hmm. know, how, who does that? Tying, I got to get that out of my system. <laughs> who does that? Tying you? brother up like that it was odd i got i mean if i don't say it i'll be sitting on it all week um and i guess i was able to buy that but and because it's so garrett it's so garrett and you know what and it's so funny because i'm such a staunch garrett supporter so i'm going to be really disappointed if he's the killer because every week i'm like i don't buy these clues i'm a garrett supporter but I did not expect that that's where he was going. I thought he needed a break, so he tied up his brother and left. So I did not imagine that's what he was going to do. No, I think the Christina storyline, you can't set it up the way you did in episode four, and then you only see five seconds of her in episode five. So I thought so. I thought, you know, I actually thought he was just going to try to, like, find her at the diner or wherever other place he's stalking her i didn't think he'd go to her place of work that is where the surprise came for me but you know well i thought she would way. be back i it's not that i thought she wouldn't be back i okay. just didn't think she would be back this way he so, thought he'd just be out eating a sandwich or something i did I know. and then allison sees him as she drives by it's like where's cam and then it's like yeah, I know, and I feel like I feel like I owe Garrett an apology that I didn't trust him after all this. I mean, as silly as it is, I just I really thought he needed a break, but he didn't. And then we get to the scene where I think it's the big culminating scene with Madeline and her mom. And I think that the producers also in the sound effects department and everyone who had a hand in this were trying to give us a clue that it was a big scene because it started out with the crows cawing and it ended with it too. So we got yes. those crows a lot, which was another bird reference in this. And actually, there were not a lot of birds in this episode at all. But we get the crows, and um, Madeline's talking to her mom, Mm -hmm. who finds out that their arrangement that they had, which is that Madeline would send her money every month, and so she would stay out of her grandchildren's lives. We find out that all along, her mom has believed it's Mitchell who wanted that arrangement, but no, it's actually Madeline. And her mom becomes emotional and starts to get upset, and then Madeline realizes, no, you're just playing me. And says, okay, fine, if you really don't care about the money, I'll either double your monthly allowance or get in the car with me right now and I will take you to see your grandchildren. And her mom doesn't want it. Her mom wants the money. And that was sad. And I did see that coming. When the car started up, I think we were supposed to wonder, is her mom in the car? I didn't wonder. I thought there was no chance. I didn't think so either. I agree. I mean, it, it was a very interesting scene, but I think also... 
it shows just how calculating uh, Madeline kind of has had to become growing up, you know? So, Maybe. I mean, she understands that's her mom, and she's smart enough to not let those emotions get in the way and always see the situation for what it is in the big picture. And mm-hmm. I think that's, besides giving um, Madeline depth, we also got more into just how calculated and smart she is. Right. That's an interesting point. I hadn't thought of it that way, actually. But you're right that this has forced her to become calculating, to take care of herself. She grew up with a drunk mom. So then we return to Cam, who is still hallucinating. I feel like that's just, we may as well be on repeat with that. Return to Cam, hallucination, hallucination. Um, Then we have Alice and Tess and Garrett, who are basically just drinking tea and talking about then, hey, it's great that... Um, you know, the medicine helped Cam, so <laughs> great. But then Allison has to rush out because it turns out Channel 12 is asking for a quote and about her staffer. And it turns out that Naomi, little cunning person that she is, basically set up Kimmy the staffer. She gave her this promotion. She gave her a laptop. Damn. And then, yeah, then she instigated hacking and bam, out goes Kimmy. So anything she says is no longer um, valid. It's a boss so move right that there. That was, I thought, whoa. Uh, I love it. I love it almost as much as I love seeing Allison in that blue dress this week. You know, I was almost disappointed, but you know, you can't have something that nice every week. <laughs> Just because they, we bring it up, you know. But yeah, that was definitely interesting. And also, what role is she going to play later? She's shown she's got uh, some smarts of her own. So that's going to be interesting. Absolutely. And what is she going to find out about the family? And what is she going to blackmail? Um, Allison about potentially because I feel like I'm not completely sure that I trust Naomi but from there Cam is finally feeling better Uh, he and Garrett have a conversation they each apologize to each other Mm -hmm. and then there's an interesting moment where Garrett says that he does he you know he says yeah I heard you talking about a body basically what was up with that Mm -hmm. and Cam says he's not sure now if he did something so he's it's not that he's doubting the others but he's basically doubting himself but um There was a really sweet moment. Again, we have a lot of these sweet sibling moments where Garrett basically says, hey, I've been reading your comics, even though I was away. And it's nice. I mean, he's the big brother of the family, and he's still looking out for them. That was, and it fleshes out his character so well. I mean, we're not going to get into it, but the previews for next week show Mm -hmm. that it's going to probably put some people on the fence, one side or the other. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you a question. Watching that scene, yes, very touching, but I can't get over the fact, why does Garrett want to know so bad what Cam was seeing? I did notice that also, but I feel like it could be because Garrett knows something, not because Garrett's the killer, (laughs) but because he knows something and he wants to know how much does Cam know about it. I think he wants to know if Cam knows he did it. I do agree with you somewhat, (laughs) not that if Cam knows he did it, but I do agree that he knows something and he wants to know exactly what does Cam know. So I think we will find that later and uh, in the later in the series. I mean, we still have what seven episodes. This was five. So is is my math right there? No, eight. We have eight episodes then. Is it a 12 episode? 13. 13. Right? Yeah, eight. So we have eight to go. <laughs> Putting my math this, skills this, this on the spot. What, hey, what happens when you put Sherlock Holmes and Nancy Drew at a desk count? <laughs> <laughs> 
I will confess another confession. Oh. I am not very good at math, so it's all good. That's <laughs> but we know, figured I'm not it out. either. That's why we get along. <laughs> but we figured it out. So we've got Brady, who's looking at the case files again, and uh, then we go to Madeline, who comes home. She uh, she sees Cam. Mm-hmm. She says, "Hey, Jack really needs you, so get it together." But again, she doesn't scold Cam at all for doing the drugs or the withdrawal. And we do get this very sad moment from her. Uh, when he asks how was the spa, which is where she had pretended to go, and clearly she's thinking of her mom and says it's more expensive than she remembered it. So it was, it was this really nice, sweet moment. Then we have Garrett. Now we're winding up to the big finale here yes. of the episode. Garrett shows up at Christina's, says he wants to take her somewhere. It's clearly meant to be very ominous, and I also can't help but wonder why it looks like she's living in this strange, dangerous place um, like yeah, in the middle well, of nowhere. But then we have intercut together. We've got Brady coming home. He's upset. We've got Cam, who's going down to check the staircase spindle because in all of his hallucinations where he sees the body coming down the stairs, he sees it breaking a spindle. So we have two things intercut together. We have Brady saying the blood on the belt was not a match for Cam's. However, it was a match for someone in his family. And Cam discovers that, yes, there really is a broken spindle. Therefore, his hallucination was real. So... Did that catch you by surprise? No, I think the second they start talking about it, um, I, one thing I guess I missed is the moment where it breaks. I guess I was waiting for a little bit of a big focus on it in the hallucination. It, wait, so it did. It did. Yeah. It did. But I guess I was expecting the big, you know, see the post, if you can imagine it, and that big crack, you know, just to be, you know, zoomed in on. And then yeah. we'd see the juxtaposition, oh, the post was fine, so maybe mess with it was it all just a dream that cam was having but um so they show it that it did mm-hmm. happen and i i guess it's very interesting because now what else does cam know mm-hmm. and regarding the blood i said it it's not his blood that doesn't mean he didn't kill somebody mm-hmm. and you know we haven't ruled out that it could be multiple so right yeah and that's true because as soon as that happened, I said to Gabriel, wait, they're ruling Cam out this clearly by episode yeah. five. And you're, I think you're probably right. We will find out some other reason why it could still be connected to Cam. So as we are ready to wrap things up now, do you have predictions? And now, your AfterBuzz TV predictions. <laughs> they're coming for us. <laughs> They are. I love that this music sounds like aliens a little right? bit to me. It's not just a prediction. It's like an alien you invasion. You know, one day we need a special effects that make us start levitating. <laughs> I don't think we have a budget for that. You don't know. We're a very successful network. All the fans in the live chat watching. This is true. So what do you think? And more importantly, who do you think? Who is your pick this week for the killer? Uh, I don't like that next week seems to be very Garrett-centric because mm-hmm. I feel like what would end up happening is you rule him out by the end of it if, when you focus so much on him. But Garrett, for all the obvious reasons, I, I really want to say it's him. You know, I, let's go out of left field, Allison. Okay. Just because I feel like they're doing too much they're gonna overexpose garrett in the next Mm -hmm. episode from the preview so i think allison and i don't know why and that's exactly why it's gonna be her unless we get a big twist next week i feel like i can't even make a prediction i'm so torn i feel like after this episode i don't want it to be any of them i don't think it's any of them i definitely don't want to jump on the garrett bandwagon i mean it's 
You can, uh, uh, someone needs to drive the train now that I'm not there for the week. <laughs> for the Garrett train? Yeah. <laughs> I uh, don't think I'm jumping on board the Garrett yeah, train. Fans, should uh, Zoe pick Garrett as a prediction? <laughs> I know, right? We need a poll just for who I should pick. Okay, I think, and part of me wants to say Tessa just because I don't feel great about <laughs> Tessa, but I do think that all of your comments on YouTube have been very accurate that she probably can't really be the killer. So... Okay, I'm going Allison also. I think this might be the first week that we are in agreement on who we're picking. I'm so, glad we have video Allison. evidence of this. <laughs> it might be the yeah. only week that we both think the same person well, you know, is the uh, killer. We have a few comments. It's a G thing. I think the dead dad was the killer and Garrett was forced to watch. I think we're going to find out more. You know, it's a G thing, so keep watching. Good, and I yeah. will get on board with Mitchell as the killer because I have no connection to him. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like... I don't want it to be someone who's already gone. He, I guess we're led to, we're probably going to find out at the second to last episode. He knows who did it. And then the finale, obviously, the mystery mm-hmm. is solved. So, <sighs> Well, we will get there. Eight episodes to go. So thank you so much for joining us again on AfterBuzz TV's American Gothic After Show. Where can everyone find you, Gabriel? Hey, guys. You can find me all the time on Twitter at Double G on TV. And I'm Zoe Hewitt. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Zoe Said What. That's Z-O-E Said What. You can also find me on YouTube at Zoe Hewitt Hosting, where I do a weekly movie analysis show. And until next time, have a great week ahead. Bye-bye. Said what? <laughs> From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.